Hello, and welcome to this series as we go through Psalm 23. You know, we've been through a lot together over the past several weeks, and we've still got a little bit more ways to go. But what an incredible passage that we have in Psalm 23 to be able to journey through together. Uh, we began, obviously, with, uh, with the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, we know that we have a shepherd when we hear his voice, when, when we sense that he's speaking to us through his word, through prayer, through other people, through circumstances. And we know that those all match together. Neither one of those, uh, the way God speaks, will ever contradict the other. And we also know that we're following the right shepherd, the good shepherd, when, um, when we don't want things, when we're living a life of contentment. If we're always wanting something we don't have, then we're following other shepherds. We're following other things that we shouldn't be following. So I want to encourage you, follow the good shepherd and make sure you have that shepherd in Jesus. Last week, we journeyed into verse 2, where it says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. You know, you and I are at a time in our life in this season where we're really being made to lie down in green pastures. The green pastures of a family and taking care of our, ourselves and even getting more into God's Word. And in these green pastures, we, we're realizing that it's something that, that we need. And the Good Shepherd will open up the gates of this pasture like He has and is leading us and literally making us to lie down. So when we lie down in these green pastures, it's important to have that rest, to rest in Him and to, uh, and to trust in Him, in, uh, in the Good Shepherd, and to know that He's nearby. Because when the Good Shepherd is near, just like with sheep, the, the, the fear and the friction that is evident in our lives will be less and less. And just like sheep who can't sleep when there's fear and friction, you and I, are it's difficult for us to rest with that. So make sure the shepherd is near to you as you lie down in those green pastures. And he also leads us to still waters. But as we talked about last week, sometimes it, it leading into our still waters will go through a storm. And just because you're going through a storm, it doesn't mean that Jesus is not with you. And just as we saw in, in the passage last week with the disciples in the, in the storm in the boat, as Jesus was there, He calmed the waters. He literally led them through a storm and literally brought the still waters into their life. You and I have been going through a storm. Some people, your, your storm are stronger than others. But just know this. As we trust in the Good Shepherd, He's going to lead us to those still waters. As we continue our journey into verse 3, uh, the Good Shepherd leads us, uh, and it says this, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. It's interesting that the writer, David, the shepherd, the, the king, the warrior, the musician, he would write something in, the, in kind of in the middle of these first three verses of He restores my soul. 
I find it interesting that he would he would write that because if you're next to the shepherd, if you're if you're walking with the shepherd, if you're going along the paths of righteousness, then why would you need to be restored? Well, it it it's clear in the fact that when you and I decide to follow the shepherd, there's going to be times when we will need to be restored. Yes, there are times that even I have been have needing to be restored in my life as well as I have uh, followed the shepherd, you as well. And so just because we follow the shepherd doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect all the time and we're not going to make mistakes and we're not going to fall down. We will. And so it's important to know that we will need to be restored from time to time. We see that in David's life. David needed to be restored because of, uh, because of failures and because of temptations in his life. And, uh, and we even see his prayer of, uh, of this restoration and his questioning in Psalm 42:11, And it says this, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. So what, is, what does David mean with why are you cast down, O my soul? Well, it's a shepherd's term. Obviously, David being a shepherd, he's, he's, he's putting himself as a sheep in this passage of Psalm 23 and talking about Jesus a good shepherd. He's cast down like a sheep. Well, sheep uh, have been known to sort of cast themselves. Um, Philip Keller, who is a author and a professional shepherd, writes in his book um, entitled A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. He says this, a cast sheep is a pathetic sight. Lying on its back, its feet in the air, it flays away frantically, struggling to stand up without success. Sometimes it will bleat a little for help, but generally it lies there lashing about in frightened frustration. You see, a sheep that has been cast is a sheep that has basically turned over on its back. It can't get up. It cannot get up on its own. And it needs none other than the shepherd to help get its feet under him and back standing in the proper position. And if a sheep is unable to get in the proper position, actually the sheep in a, in, in a few hours will actually die in that position. Or if left for many hours or even days, it would be attacked by predators. Um, how, does, how does a sheep get into this position? Well, as a sheep is, is lying in the grass, it will often find these uh, sort of hollowed or, or depressed indentions in the, in the grass and it would lay there and as it's sort of put on its side it will stretch its legs and rest and just over time this, this sheep will just lay down on its back and, and the feet will, will slip away from underneath them and they are helpless at this point. And this is basically a, a, a big problem with sheep it happens often, and so the sheep will find themselves in a cast-down position. 
just like David talked about in Psalm 42, 11. You know, just like sheep, we are often cast down. We can become cast when we look at the easy places to, to lie down in our, in our Christian walk, places that are comfortable and places where there's no hardships, no need for endurance, no demands, no faith tests. We, in fact, we run away from them. If we get to the point in our Christian walk, then we, um, we, we can easily find ourselves in a cast position as we look for those comfortable places. Another reason why sheep are easily cast down is because their wool gets so thick and, be, and with the thickness of the wool, it can attract uh, burrs and it could attract a mud over, over time, over a few days, over a few weeks. And so this wool actually becomes a, uh, a hindrance to the sheep from standing up. And so as the sheep is lying down, the thickness of this wool uh, prevents them to get in the upright position. The, uh, the wool in Scripture uh, is depicted as the old self in the Christian life. You know, this, this wool is an area that is in constant contact. Our, our old self is in constant contact with our culture. And the accumulation of things, possessions, and worldly ideas get caught up in our flesh, resulting in weighing us down. And because of that, we often find ourselves in a sort of cast down position, just like the sheep. We're not able to get up. Just like David says, why are you cast down, O my soul? So what's the solution when the wool gets too thick? Well, the shepherd has to come and shear the sheep, has to cut away the wool. And, and sheep don't necessarily enjoy this process, but just like sheep, we need to be sheared of the things in our life that are causing us um, to, to not get back up in the right position. You know, you may have had situations in your life where you question, why me, God? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you, uh, are you causing a certain friends in my life to, uh, to sort of turn away from me because of my walk with Christ? You know, some of the times those relationships can hurt, but what God is doing is He's, he's shearing away Maybe some of those negative friends. Oh, those friends that could pull you down and is shearing them away so that you would not get into a position of being cast down. And what it, pre what it presents is a, a life of, of freedom and a lighter load, a literally lighter load. And even sheep sort of enjoy life better when, after they've been sheared. Yeah, the process doesn't feel good, and, and it's a little annoying. But just as you trust in the shepherd, and as you walk with him, and allow him to shear away some of those things in your life that, uh, that you don't need. Well, the shepherd, as he shears those things, those things away from us, we have this sense of being restored. Whether... We need to be set back up on our feet by the shepherd or 
we need to be sheared. It's a process that can restore us. And once we're restored, we're able to continue on that path or even begin that path of righteousness as he leads us to that. There's a, uh, there's a story about a gentleman who wanted to go on an African safari. And so his, his guide was uh, leading him in the thick jungle. There was no path, but this guide had his machete and he's, he's cutting away at the pieces of the jungle. And, and sort of in the middle of this journey, this gentleman who paid this, this guide to lead him said, uh, sir, where, where, where's the path? I don't understand. Why, why aren't we following a path? And the guide turned around and, and looked at the gentleman and said, well, I am the path. <laughs> you know, it's the same way with our, with our shepherd. You know, when, when, when he talks about the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, it's not about our own righteousness. It's about the righteousness of Jesus. And it's about Jesus who is clearing the path. You know, you and I may ask a similar question. Jesus, where are you taking me? Where are you taking me on this journey? I, I, I just, I don't understand. And sometimes, you know, Jesus will give us an idea of where he's taking us, but to be quite honest, most of the time he doesn't because it builds our faith and it builds our trust in the shepherd. When you and I are able to trust in him fully, and we may see just a little bit of the path as he's clearing it, but we're not going to see all the way down the path because he wants us to trust in him. You know, Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, Jesus backed up the claim that he is the way by cutting away a path through the underbrush of sin and death and then escaping alive. None of us is righteousness enough to, to make our own path. You and I cannot make our own path. Oh sure, we can try, and you may have tried, but it leads us uh, to somewhere we, we shouldn't be or we don't wanna be, and ultimately we get lost. And so Jesus is the way, he's the way maker, and he will lead us. None of us is righteous. There's only God, there's only Jesus who is righteous. We often will look at the righteousness of others. We will often compare our righteousness with the righteousness of others. We may say, well, well I'm, I'm doing better than this person. I'm doing better things um, than, than so-and-so. I, I may be leading a better life. You know, we, we should not be setting others who, who are sinners, just like us, as people that we should be following and we should be uh, uh, comparing our life to. The only person we need to be comparing our life to is Jesus. And yes, we're going to fall short of that, very, very short of that. But that's okay, because He's with us. 
He's with us along the way as He is guiding us and as we follow Him. So, as we follow Jesus, um, we can know that He's going to lead us down that path. Have you ever been lost on a path? You know, it's, it's pretty uh, cool to see how so many families and, and people are able to, to take this opportunity maybe to explore the outdoors in a safe environment. And you're able to go on, on these uh, on different paths. I see social media updates of various people doing that. Just this past week, our family was able to, to go on a, on a hike in a, um, in a, a path that's in our, uh, in our town. And through that path, even I had a question. All right, do I go left? Do I go right? Which one is going to lead to the right destination? And so you kind of look for the clear markings on the, on the, on the trees. But it's, it's easy to kind of make a wrong turn to, to get lost. In fact, I remember just this week, uh, Lincoln, our, our youngest son, wanted to uh, go on this one other path. And uh, it kind of looked like a path, and it kind of didn't. And I followed him a little bit. And, and I, I, a little bit down the way, I, I said, you know, son, I don't think this is the right way. I, I don't think this is going to lead us where we want to go. And so we came back. But it can ease, it's so easy to get lost in this life. It's so easy to get lost along the path. Jesus shares three stories or three parables about lost things. In the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 15, he shares three stories about three things that were lost. The first thing that was lost was a sheep. A, a shepherd had 99, had 100 sheep and 99 were where they should be and one of them had gotten lost. And so this shepherd decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave the 99 and I'm going to go after the one. Because that one is just as important as the 99. And Jesus told this parable to, um, to the teachers of the law who were criticizing him for hanging out with sinners. But Jesus was trying to share with them, look, I... Everyone is important, even those who have lost their way. Because as the story goes in this parable, the shepherd who finds a sheep comes back and he, and he celebrates with the other shepherds. And they rejoice over the one that was found. And Jesus, what he's telling us is this, everyone is important and I will leave the 99 to go after the one. Jesus didn't criticize sinners. The reason why Jesus didn't criticize sinners because sinners don't know any better. Just like sheep. Sheep who are lost. Sheep, the, the sheep in the story, they don't know they're lost. They don't know any better. And so Jesus is not here to condemn the world as it says in um, John 3, 17. I didn't come here to, to condemn the world. Jesus didn't hear, come here to criticize those who are lost. Why? Because they don't know they're lost. You could be watching right now. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, you may not know 
you're lost. And so there's no, there's no criticism from Jesus. Now, ultimately, you want to come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because if you don't, then obviously the sin in your life, just like the sin in, in, in my life, this, the sin will lead you to hell. But if you have accepted Christ as Savior, as, as I have done and, and, and many, many others, as we accept Jesus as Savior, Jesus saves us from hell because He bought, the, he bought us and He saved us from death, hell, and the grave. And as we believe on Him, we can trust that He's taken away our sin and He's taken away the shame and the pain. And as God the Father looks at us, He looks at us through the eyes of His Son, Jesus. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, obviously today would be a great day to, to do that. But you may not know you're lost. And so I would, I would encourage you to ask yourself that question. Am I lost? Do I, have, do I have assurance that I know where I'm going? Do I have assurance that this path, whatever path I'm on, is leading me where I need to be? Do I have assurance that the, the shepherd, the person that I'm following, is leading me in the way I should go? Jesus goes on right after that, that parable and tells another parable about a lost coin, about a woman who had 10 silver coins. Obviously, they're, they're, they're very valuable, but she loses one. And so she sets nine of them aside and, and she um, searches the house and turns the house upside down and looks everywhere. And she finally finds this one lost coin and she shares it with her family and friends and they rejoice, they celebrate over this one coin that was lost, but it is now found. found. And just like this lost coin um, that this lady had, you and I, if we're believers, we have been given some sort of coins in this life. Some sort of coins that, that you and I should be leading to Jesus. You see, I believe that there are people in your life. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God has put people in your life who are very valuable, just like those coins. But they need to know the way to the path of righteousness. They need to know the way of salvation. They need to be introduced to Jesus. You know, you may have, you may have done that. You may have had some coins in your life, some acquaintances, some friends, family members, co-workers, teammates, whatever, who you have pointed to Jesus. But at the same time, maybe there are, there are certain coins, some people in your life, some valuable people that Jesus loves and adores that you may have lost, meaning you may have lost in touch with them. Could be a, a schoolmate, someone in your school who you wanted to share about Christ and you were on that, uh, you were praying for them and, and you haven't really done that yet. And then all of a sudden this COVID-19 thing hits and now you don't really have much interaction with them. Or maybe they've, they've relocated. Maybe you have a coworker who you, you felt like God has given to you to, to share Christ with and they have moved away. Or it could be 
a situation where you, you had someone and um, they have turned their back on you because of a, of a quarrel or because of a disagreement. Whatever the situation is, maybe God is telling you, you need to reach out and you need to find that lost coin. You need to find that person, that friend, that family member, that coworker, that teammate, whoever it is, reach out to them and, and, and come back to them and introduce them to Jesus. So Jesus shares a story of a lost sheep. He tells the story of the lost coin, and he also tells the story of a lost son. You know, this is probably one of the, the most um, popular parables in all the Bible, the prodigal son. And in fact, Mark Twain has been quoted as saying that this is the uh, best short story ever written. You know, Jesus shares this incredible story about a dad who had two sons. One of the sons, the, the younger one, decided, you know, I've had enough. And so he went to his father and said, you know, I, I want my inheritance. Uh, basically telling him, I would rather you dead than alive so I can have what is owed to me. So the kindness of the father, he, he gave his inheritance to the son, and the son left, squandered his wealth in, in, uh, in filthy lifestyle living to the point to where he found himself in the uh, feeding pigs and, and longed for the things that they were eating. But the story changes when the son, as the Bible says, came to his senses. And he goes back, and on his way home, he's rehearsing what he's going to tell his father, but he doesn't even get a chance to say it because his father was already watching for him. And his father was on the front porch, and he recognizes him from a distance, and he runs to him and embraces him and gets the robe and gets the sandals and gets the ring to signify that he's part of the family. And he says, my son is home. I love you. I don't care what you have to say. I'm just glad you're home. You were lost, and now you are found. You know, with this particular son, he, he knew the way home. He deliberately left, and he deliberately stayed away, and finally came to his senses, but he knew the way home. You know, maybe, maybe this is your situation. Maybe you... We're on the path of righteousness. You were on this straight and narrow path, this beautiful path to Jesus. And Jesus was the good shepherd was was leading you and you were you were following him. But you strayed away. You've looked to the left or to the right and you have thought, you know, maybe I could try this way. Maybe this other path will lead me Lead me, lead me to the situation or lead me to where I need to be. And you found out that it's not true. And you, and you know better. And you know the truth. But you've stayed away like the prodigal son. Let me encourage you. It's okay to get back on the path of righteousness. 
it's okay to follow that path. There, there's no shame in that. But you have to come to your senses, just like the son in the story. You need to come to your senses and to realize, you know what? The way I'm living is not right. I know better. I need to get back on the path of righteousness. So, whether you're a sheep who you don't know better, you don't know really know what it's like to have uh, to be following a path of righteousness, or whether maybe you you're like the the lady in the in the parable of the lost coin. God has given you some people, and you've led some to Christ, but there are some others that you know you should be sharing Christ with. You haven't really you haven't really followed up with that. I want to encourage you to get back in touch with them. Or maybe you're like the prodigal son who you were walking the path, you've gotten off, and now it's time to come back on to get back in the path of righteousness. Whatever your situation is, I want you to know it's time for you to either get on this path or to lead others to this path of righteousness. And why? It's for His name's sake. You see, Jesus is all about saving people. He longs to, to go after the one sheep, leave the 99. He longs to connect your friends, your co-workers, your teammates, your family members who are, who are lost. He longs to connect them with the path of righteousness. And yes, He's waiting on the front porch for you, prodigal son or prodigal daughter, to come back home. You know the way back home. And so I'm going to give you this opportunity. I want you to take this opportunity to, to say a prayer, whatever your situation is. And so would you pray with me and just repeat some similar words that I'm going to share with you right now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I'm a little lost and I don't really know how to get on this path except that I need a, I need a shepherd. Would you be my shepherd? Could you help me to get on this path? My life is messed up. I've been following my own ways. Please forgive me my sin and please lead me to a life of righteousness. Jesus, I'm sorry for, for not leading people to you. You have given me some coins, some precious, beautiful people in my life, and I've been ignoring the call. I've been ignoring the call to tell them about Jesus, to introduce them to you. Forgive me for that. Give me the strength and the discipline to get back to that. Lord Jesus, I know what it's like to walk on the path of righteousness. I've been there before, but I've gotten off the path. Please help me to get back on. I know you're waiting for me. Please forgive me. Please accept me as I am and set me upright. 
set me upright. I've, I've been downcast, and I don't know how to get back up. I need your help. I need you as my shepherd once again. In Jesus' name, amen. Whatever prayer you prayed, whatever type of prayer, whatever situation you're in, all I know is this. The shepherd is ready to lead you. He doesn't drive you. He leads you. But you have to follow him. But I'll, I do know this. That shepherd loves you. He's a good shepherd. And he's going to take care of you. And so if you prayed that prayer or one of those types of prayers, I would love to hear about it. You could send me an email. Just simply send an e email to, to pastor at lakepointonline.com. I'd love to hear about it. I will personally reach out to you, be praying for you, and set you on your journey. But know this. Uh, if you've fallen off the path, or if you want to find your path, that path is there. It's there, and it's available for you. All you got to do, follow the Good Shepherd. We uh, hope you'll tune in next week. We're praying for you. We're all in this together with you. And uh, can't wait to see everyone soon. We love you. We'll see you next week.